Hello and welcome to or welcome back to Lauren's Legends. Y'all, it's almost spooky season and I clearly could not wait to start dressing up. And today, since we are doing an Ireland video, I am dressing up as an Irish warrior princess and I am feeling it. Uh, anyways, back to the story, Lauren. Ireland is a magical land full of mystery, history, and beauty. It just so happens to be my favorite place that I have ever visited. And while sitting here today, I believe that there is so much more out there than what we are taught to believe because of my time in this otherworldly place. I have walked in the forest of Ireland and I have seen the fog move in through the trees with the sunlight sparkling through it. And in these moments, I could absolutely imagine that there were little fairies dancing in the sun sparkles. But today we are not focusing on the sunlight, but the darkness that comes from thousands of years through the terrifying Celtic and Druid folklore. Without any further ado, let's dive right in. With countless stories through Irish folklore that I could go through, so many, in fact, that I could do a whole series on these alone. Actually, let me know if you would like me to do that because I am so down. I have decided to start with one that I have not heard of yet, and that was of the Abertach or the Irish Vampire. Almost everywhere I researched, this one kept coming up as the most terrifying. It doesn't help that Bran Stoker, who actually wrote Dracula, was born in Ireland, Dublin to be exact. The thing is, we're not talking about Dracula here. Oh no, we are talking about the Abertach. And this guy is actually believed by many locals for centuries that the story is actually based in truth. The creature's origins are believed to be that it was an evil dwarf and practiced dark magic. He had begun to prey among the innocent people that came across his path, making him darker and darker. He then began feeding on them, only causing his own dark strength to grow. The locals began fighting back, and that only made matters worse for them because this brought on his rage. This creature is said to have terrorized the village with extreme cruelty. The villagers were so desperate that they had to call on the bravest hero they knew of for help. They went to a local warrior named Hune McHugh. Hune was a fierce man that led his own army and was a well-respected hunter. Once hearing about and seeing the village's devastation, the enraged warrior vowed to kill the beast. That night, there was a full moon shining through pouring rain that was moving in quickly. Hune rode out on his horse alone. He was not going to let his own army come face to face with such a horrid beast. As he was coming in the clearing, his war horse beneath of him began nervously shifting and he knew they were no longer alone. He then met eyes with a grotesque creature and spurred his horse on at a full gallop with his sword ready to end this evil. The creature met his blow with his own strength, throwing the hero off his horse and a terrible brawl ensued. Both were thrashing and fighting as the heavens unleashed their own fury and the rain pelted them. 
The Abertax slipped and Hune grabbed his chance and plunged the sword deeply through the heart of the monster. The exhausted warrior decided to not take any chances and buried the beast right where it had fallen and covered it with a large boulder. Elated, he went back and celebrated with a village that could once again feel comfort and safety. The next morning, the warrior and his army left the village with smiles on their faces, but as night fell again, the villagers heard a strange sound, and the few that looked out saw and heard the Abertak arise from his grave, more angry and evil than any human could imagine, and now he wasn't just fulfilling his dark desires, but he would rain down his revenge upon them. He went through the village slicing and drinking their blood as payment, coming back every night for more and more. A child was able to run away from the village and back to the warrior, so out of breath that when he found him, he could barely speak. When he was finally able to catch his breath and tell him and explain what had happened, Hune jumped upon his steed and raced back to the village. At this time, though, the beast knew that his enemy was strong and tried to evade him, but the warrior was determined and found him in the forest, and a battle broke out so hard and made their first one seem like child's play. The creature was much stronger this time, but finally the hero would strike him down again. This time, checking to make absolutely sure that it was dead, he then buried it again and decided to stay in the village. He was determined not to make the same mistake twice. Several days went by, and when he was finally confident that it was safe again, he set out again. Again, the beast had arisen three times more evil and stronger this time. The Abertak went in and erased all of the living from this village, but this barely calmed him and he vowed to get revenge on the entire country of Ireland. McCool finally heard of the devastation of the village and he was completely distraught. If he killed it again, how many more souls would he damn? He went to the church for advice. The church told him that he needed a sword made out of yew wood and he would need to bury the body upside down so it would be sent to hell. The warrior again went out for the monster and for weeks he searched and searched for him. The monster was evading him at every chance he could get and knew that the warrior was close behind. He was finally getting closer and then was able to trap him in a dark corner of the woods. This time, it wasn't only the warrior charging, but the stronger monster charged back at him. As they collided, it is said that you could hear the sound from miles away. The two went back and forth, sword swinging and dodging the beast's long, sharp claws. Finally, the daring warrior was able to swing his blade at the exact right time, hitting the monster for the third time, killing him. The hero followed the instructions to a T and buried him upside down. This time, Mikul would not bear to leave the site. He would not take the chance that the beast would ever come back and take more people. Every day and every night, the warrior watched over the grave. Hune Mikul has long since passed away, and there is actually still a grave on this spot. But many people still believe that once the warrior was gone, the monster arose again, and when people today die of strange ways, they often wonder if the beast is still out searching for his revenge.
What do you think? Do you think there could be any truth to this? Our next story is that of the Dullahan. This is Ireland's version of the Headless Horseman. The Dullahan is described as a dark spirit that appears as a headless rider dressed in all black and is riding a large dead black horse. He is carrying his head in one hand and the head is said to have a very sinister smile with glowing eyes searching back and forth. Those eyes also give him amazing vision, giving him the ability to see from very far away. In his other hand, he has a whip made out of human vertebrae. So who is the Dullahan and why does he exist? It goes back to the Celtic gods. There was one named Chroma Diolf. This deity is that of a human sacrifice and the Dullahan is seen as the Irish Grim Reaper. Almost everyone that has ever seen him has died, but if you were fortunate enough to divert your eyes or you were not the soul that he was looking for and he lets you live, he will still blind you. He will blind you by using his whip or throwing cursed blood in your eyes. The legends state that if the Dullahan has been given your name and his mission is to take your life, there is no place to ever run that he will not go. No place to find that he will not be able to still see you with his supernatural eyesight. Many have heard the hoofs coming and have tried to run home, locking every window and door. But when the dark horse rider comes, the wind coming from him will blow all of the locks open and the door will swing open and slam against the wall. There is no escaping the grasp of the Dullahan, And if he whispers your name out loud, you will drop dead. But like many other mythical creatures of folklore, he does have a weakness. That is of gold. My weakness too. Just kidding. (laughs) It is said that if you carry around a piece of gold in your pocket, that it can buy you some time, but it will never truly stop the Dullahan. Nothing ever will. With so many cultures around the world having stories of a headless rider coming in the night to take people, do you think that there could be any truth to all of these legends? If so, you may want to go out and grab a gold coin, you know, just in case. Today's last story is definitely a strong one, and I can't really talk about the myths of Ireland without diving into the Fomorians. There is no other Irish legend that has had as many variations or descriptions than that of the Fomorians. These people were a race of supernatural giants that were bloodthirsty warriors that are believed to have been one of the earliest races of people or gods that invaded and then settled in Ireland. The Formorians were said to be able to control the weather and bring in catastrophic storms. They were also described as horribly grotesque creatures and massive, making the earth tremble when they walked. They were even believed to have come from under the ground. The first part of their name, Fo, means beneath or below. The second part of their name is believed to mean spirit or even phantom. Some of the oldest texts that have been found relating to Irish folklore actually re- refers to the terrible Formorians fighting in a great battle against the Tutha de Danan, which was another supernatural race, but they were good and were fighting for peace over the land. But the bloodthirsty brutes of the Fomorians won and continued to fight. 
they loved war and they loved to take on slaves. The legend states that they would even marry and have children with other races. As time and history went on, this breeding with other tribes seemed to begin to diminish the darkness of the race and the elders were outraged at the thought of their descendants poisoning their plight. At this time, they were also fighting many battles with the Parthians and the elders decided to bring their wrath down upon them in the form of plagues, killing all that they wished and defeated their foes. The tales go on through so many stories, even that of Baylor. He was the Formorian's king. He was a giant with one eye, but that eye was extremely powerful, and it was said to not only be poisonous, but destructive, and killed everything he looked at, winning them the battle. Though there are several more stories about plagues and storms that shape the country and the history. The Formorians' reign would end at the hands of their longtime foes, the Tutha di Danan. The storybooks say that the good race prevailed, but many people through the Dark Ages, even till now, wonder if that is the way the story really ended, because it would be terrifying to think that evil giants were still out there controlling the weather and the plagues. You know, it kind of makes you wonder about all the things going on in the world today. So what did you think about this? It was a little bit different than what I usually do, but I really, really enjoy doing the research. So please let me know what you thought in the comment section down below. Please let me know if you think that there is truth to any of them. I really do believe that with every folklore or legend, there is always a little bit of truth to it. And even if there is a tiny bit of truth, some of these would be really scary. So please let me know what you think and please do not forget to like, comment, and subscribe and I will see you next time.